0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Health literacy in the United States is low to begin with, and health financial literacy is even lower. The changing health insurance system is partly to blame. A few decades ago, health insurance covered everything. Now, patients have a lot more financial responsibility, and they don't always understand it, explained Clara Lambert chair of the Association of Community Cancer Center's Financial Advocacy Network Advisory Committee. In cancer, health financial literacy is particularly important since treatment can be so costly. Lambert said that she often starts with defining health insurance with patients and looking into their benefits.
1: I find that I have to define deductible, out-of-pocket, co-insurance, co-pay Um, I find that I have to define those enough that I actually have um, some paperwork that I give to a patient with their specific information on the document. It says what their deductible is, what it's met, it defines the deductible so that they can take a look at how that's all going to meet to help them with their journey.
0: Lambert is a financial navigator, a new job description that is becoming more and more common. Financial navigators, or financial advocates, are hired to help the patient navigate the financial part of their care journey, she explained. They are a part of the team, alongside nurses, physicians, and social workers. There might be challenges to convincing a hospital to hire a new person to fill this role, but hospitals could actually increase their revenue by over a million dollars a year by implementing a navigator program, according to Dr. Tadya Zewski, Senior Fellow in the Clinical Research Division at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center and Division of Medical Oncology at the University of Washington. He recently published a paper in a special supplement issue from the American Journal of Managed Care and the Patient Access Network Foundation on the impact of using trained oncology financial navigators. According to Jozefsky, the cost of hiring an additional staff member or even a few people will cover themselves through increased revenue that the hospitals get.
2: Financial navigators are able to find assistance for them to help cover some of the costs of their medications and their co-pays. And if patients don't have insurance or are underinsured, the financial navigators are able to steer them in the right direction and to help them to choose insurance plans that are better suited for their situation. So it really is helping them to defray some of those out-of-pocket costs that they have and allow them to afford care that they may not otherwise get. As far as hospitals, uh, hospitals oftentimes, when patients can't afford care, provide it in the form of charity care or write it off as uh, bad debt. However, if they're able to help patients to get assistance programs to cover the cost of this, they're getting money in that they would not have gotten otherwise and are able to increase their revenue and rely less on charity care.
0: Helping patients to pay for their medications is more important than just providing financial assistance. Financial navigators help with financial toxicity, which not only leads to personal bankruptcy, but also to medication non-adherence and poorer health outcomes. Michelle McCourt, Senior Director of the Cancer Care Co-Payment Assistance Foundation explained.
3: It affects their overall quality of life um, in a negative way. It impacts their quality of life, and um, they're having to make tough choices. So patients will either walk away from treatment, they'll try and um, you know take their medications, you know spread it out over time, so they're not taking their medication properly, so they're not adhering to the way that they're supposed to take their medication, and it's not really, it's becoming ineffective. So it really affects their quality of life. The other thing is that they might be taking, because they don't wanna take the medication that really works best for them, um, they might choose a medication that has different treatment side effects. So, you know, making those kind of tough choices just to save as much money as they can—it's um, you know, it negatively impacts their life.
0: Dr. Yusuf Zafar of the Duke Cancer Institute has made a career out of studying financial toxicity. In the past few years, though, Zafar has seen strong indications that there is a movement toward reducing financial toxicity. This progress is largely seen through early shared decision-making between clinicians and patients.
4: Strong conversations between clinicians and patients about not just the goals of treatment, but the potential costs that treatment might incur as well. And in doing so, preparing patients for the likelihood that they'll face out-of-pocket costs. And that preparation um, can actually go a long way.
0: These conversations are important for identifying patients who might be at risk of financial distress. Safar explained that while lower-income patients are obviously at greater risk, patients with above-average income might also be at risk if they have poor insurance coverage or are being treated with a very expensive drug. These conversations are important for screening patients for financial distress. Screening is not an exact science at this point, but Safar highlighted a few ways to screen patients including brief surveys that can score financial toxicity and where a patient falls on a spectrum, and simple questions like, are you able to afford your treatment, to start the conversation. When beginning these conversations, though, it's important that the reason for these discussions is well understood. For a long time, there was a stigma in healthcare around discussing finances and whether a patient could afford treatment. In order to remove embarrassment or misunderstanding on the part of the patient, Zafar approaches the discussion openly.
4: So for me, I am very careful to let patients understand that I am asking this question not because I'm interested in, in reimbursement or even at that moment not because I'm interested in, in the overall economic well-being of the health system. But what I'm interested in is how to help the patient in front of me afford their care, afford the care that I think is the best for them.
0: How to incorporate financial discussions into a patient's care journey is still evolving. As it is a relatively new addition to the patient's discussions with providers and the care team. However, there is agreement that these discussions should happen early and often. The challenge, says Lambert, is the lack of navigators or advocates currently in the healthcare system. If patients can't meet with them immediately at their diagnostic visit, then meeting patients before they start treatment is the next best thing. Zafar, who is also a member of ACCC's Financial Advocacy Network Advisory Committee alongside Lambert, indicated that, as a provider, he feels a responsibility to gauge potential financial distress.
4: I'm not completely sure yet who should be having that discussion, whether the clinician should have the discussion or whether a financial advocate should have the discussion first. But what I do know is, as a clinician, my responsibility is to make sure that my patient can tolerate their treatment both from a physical perspective and from a financial perspective. And so in my practice, I will often ask patients simple questions like, are you able to afford your treatment? Um, And if they say no, I then direct them to our financial care counselors.
0: Patients and providers also need to discuss what financial hardship entails. Financial hardship rarely means the same thing for anybody, but Lambert noted that providers are starting to become more aware of what financial hardship is for patients.
1: They're taking time off of work, sometimes they're traveling to a cancer center, so, um, and it's affecting their their living. So there's living expenses as well that they need help with navigating, so I think probably the physicians, they're concerned with the insurance, the coverage, you know, is the patient going to be able to get their treatment, are they going to adhere to their treatment, and then in addition to that, the patients are like, well I have to take Two days of work off to go get my chemo treatment, and then I'm not feeling well and I'm not going to be able to work. So how do I buy groceries? How do I make my house payment?
0: Often, these additional financial hardships that will arise as part of being diagnosed with cancer and getting treatment aren't readily apparent to patients at the beginning. They mostly think about what their treatment will be and how they will afford it once they are diagnosed, said McCord. Cancer Care provides assistance with everything else that follows, such as non-copayment assistance that covers transportation,
3: child care, home care, and more. I think initially it is, you know, what can I do to get better? Then as they start to go for treatment and as they start to realize, you know, if they meet with a social worker or they meet with a financial counselor at the, the treatment centers that they're going to, I think then they start to see what other resources are available to them and realizing that there's other needs that they have that um, they didn't think kind of went along with with treatment.
0: For more on financial toxicity and financial assistance, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes for related stories.